Well, amen. Thank you. I love that song. Uh, Joseph Habedank, he, he used to sing with the Perrys and ended up, um, he ended up uh, fighting a terrible addiction to painkillers and stopped singing for a while. And he came back, and that's one of the songs he wrote. And it's been a blessing to me so many times. I sure love him, and I love that song. It, it's, it, what a blessing um, that was to me this morning. And I want to thank you, ladies, and Matt, for singing that. John chapter number 14, as we continue in our series on what happens when a Christian dies, we're going to look at this morning uh, just some truths and some myths concerning heaven and eternity for for the believers. John chapter number 14, we've been in this text uh, the last three weeks, and we're just going to answer a few questions um, this morning. John chapter number 14, and uh, we'll begin reading in verse number 1 this morning. We'll read down through verse number 6. The Word of God says this, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, but were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Let's pray this morning. Father, we love you. Lord, we do thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that you are big enough. And God, uh, we, we thank you, Lord, just for your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you that we can gather together freely this morning. God, I pray that you would speak to us today. God, I pray that you would teach us. Father, I pray that you would grow each one of us. Lord, help me to decrease so that you can increase this morning. Lord, we thank you that you love us in spite of us. God, we, 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 we just, we're here today, God, just to bring you glory. And I pray that you would receive glory in this place today. Lord, bless everything that's said and done. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. So when it comes to heaven, we've already seen the first week we talked about um, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And we saw what the Bible teaches when it cons- concerning um, as soon as we die, if we're believers and we're followers of Jesus, what that looks like for us and how eventually at the resurrection we'll get our glorified body. And I'm looking forward to that day. Last week we talked about a prepared place. We went to Revelation chapter number 20 and 21 and looked at the reality of heaven and the new earth. And I'm looking forward to that. And we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning in a few minutes. I think sometimes we have some wrong ideas of what it's going to be like. And the Bible doesn't tell us a whole lot about it, but it does tell us some about it. And today though I want to look at just some myths that maybe we've heard, and we could, we could really have, uh, there's hundreds of these, really. We're going to look at five of them, five or six of them this morning, talk through them a little bit, and then talk about how we can live in light of that, the fact that, uh, in light of the fact that, here's the truth of the matter, we're all going to die sometime. That's just, reality is death, okay? We're all going to, and when I say death, for the believer, I understand we're living eternally, but I mean in this body, we're going to die, this sin-cursed body, this flesh that we have. So these are some things we need to think about, like what does it look like for us? What should we be doing now in light of the fact that we're all going to die someday? And uh, so the first myth I want us to just look at, we talked about this briefly the first week, is this, first myth is this, everybody goes to the same place, okay? If you uh, lived life at all, you've heard these words, rest in what? Peace. If you've opened social media, when a celebrity dies or when somebody dies, everybody's posting this, this thing that says rest in peace. Okay? 
The truth of the matter is, as we're going to see from Scripture, is not everybody is going to be resting in peace. And I'm not trying to be mean, but I want to show you what the Scripture says. Listen, there's two places people end up. That's either eternally with our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, or that's eternity in hell. The Bible's very clear about that. We've all seen it. You've heard these terms before. They're going to a better place. Well, they're only going to a better place if they're going by the way, which John 14 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. There's only one way to heaven this morning. There's not many ways and I even hate to use that term heaven because yeah, we're going to be in heaven for a little bit, but at the resurrection there's going to be we're going to be back on earth, okay? So, we need to understand this morning, but the only way of salvation, it's not about being religious and a lot of people think that. It's not about being a good person. It's not about coming to church or giving money to a church. It's not about uh, living differently than everybody else. The only way that any of us are saved is by the grace of God. It's through His Son, Jesus Christ. So there's two places that people end up. Let me read something. Phil, were we able to get all these scriptures in this morning because there's a lot of them? Let me read something in Matthew 25, and it's going to be up on the screen. When the Son of Man shall come in glory, and the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations. Look at this. And he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divided his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when we saw thee uh, hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink, when we saw thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee, or when we saw thee sick or in prison and came in unto thee, the king shall answer and say to them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand. So he says that to the sheep. Now he speaks to the goats. And notice what he says. Then he shall say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. Prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungered and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you took me not in. Naked and you clothed me not. Sick and in prison and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer unto him, saying, Lord, when we saw thee hungered and a thirst or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister unto thee, then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did not in the least of one of these, ye did unto me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Something we must understand here, and this is something that should burden us, and it should move us when it comes to the gospel, is this. People that die without Jesus will spend eternity in everlasting, it, it says that the place where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. That should burden us about our friends. That should burden us about our families. I mean, that, that, that's not something we should use as a thing of hate, but as a thing of love, because we don't want to see our loved ones spend eternity there. We just need to understand this more. Not everybody who dies goes to, to, to Jesus, okay? Not everybody who dies will spend eternity in His presence. And that, there, there is going to be a great separation 
one day. So when you hear that, we need to be very careful about that. That's a myth that everybody goes to the same place. Man, the, the second myth that I thought of and looked at is this. Eternity will be the same for everyone. When I, when I say that, I'm talking about believers. Will eternity be the same for everyone? 1 Corinthians chapter number 3 says this. Now if any man build upon his foundation gold and silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. Look at these words. Every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, notice this, he shall receive a reward. And if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved as by fire. So this carries the idea, and we can go to a bunch of places with this, and we're going to move on from it. But listen, there's going to be some that are rewarded, and there's going to be some that are not. That's very clear in Scripture. It's not going to be the same for everyone. Let me read another one to you. Matthew chapter 25, verse number 14. And stay with me this morning. I promise we're going somewhere. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, and to another he gave two, and to another one. And to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that received five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that received two also gained another two. But he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh, and he reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought the other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. So he had taken those five, and he doubled it. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Notice these words. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents, and behold, I have gained another two talents beside them. His Lord said unto them, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou, listen, thou had been faithful over, are y'all seeing this? A few things I will make thee ruler over much. Okay, so we, we've got to understand, enter into the joy of the Lord. They, listen, th this other guy, this one that had been given one talent, what did he do? He buried it. Okay, his Lord and answer, you know what the Lord said to him? So he, he says to these two that had doubled their, 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 their talent, okay, that had been good stewards of what they had been getting given. He says, well done thou good and faithful servant. Now to this one that had buried his talent, this is what he calls him. Listen to this. His Lord answered and said unto him, thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I would reap where I sowed not, and gathered where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received my own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from with him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye, notice these words, this is heavy. Ye unprofitable servant into outer darkness, where there shall be gnashing 
and, and, and weeping and gnashing of teeth. So this idea here is this. Man, there's, the faithful will receive rewards. The unfaithful will not. The faithful in the few things will be ruler over much. Man, the, the idea here is this, as he's sharing this parable, is this. Man, we've got to be good stewards. And we're called to be good stewards of the life that God has given us. Listen, it's not all going to be the same at everyone. We won't go to all the passages here. But it talks about how there's different crowns that will be given out. Not for us to wear around, okay? But for us to throw back at His feet in worship. The point is this. We must try to do the best that we can with the life and the time that God has given us so that we can be a faithful servant. Man, we can hear those words, and I want to hear those words, and I, I don't know that I ever will, but I sure want to. Man, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Man, we got a lot of phones in here today, don't we? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Man, we're not all going to end up getting the same thing, and that's one of the things that we forget. You know, we're going to all get there, and it's all going to be perfect joy immediately. No, there's some judgments that we're going to go through. We're not going to go through all of it, but the believers, we're going to stand at the bema seat judgment. It's that reward seat, and it carries the idea of kind of like that those Olympic rewards, where those crowns and those those rewards will be handed out. Listen, we're not all going to be exactly in this receive the exact same thing once we get there. Jude even talks about some of us getting there just by the skin of our teeth. Man, so another myth. So a myth that, that's a myth. Hey, we're all going to have the exact same when we get there. Here's another myth. And you hear this one a lot. And I, don't, I know some of us would find this humorous, but this is real for a lot of people. Myth number three, when you get to heaven, you're going to get your wings. There's a lot of people that believe that. I've had people stand here in this auditorium <coughs> As there was a casket here, I say, well, granddad's got his wings. I've had people say that. Now, let me just say this straight up from just, there is nowhere in Scripture that says humans become angels, okay? There's nowhere in the Bible that it even alludes to the fact that humans become angels. No record in Scripture of someone dying and becoming an angel. Revelation 5 verse 11 says this, And I beheld and heard a voice of many angels, and round about the throne and the beast and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 uh, 10, times 10,000, and thousands of thousands. By the way, this idea here, the word that's actually used here in the original language, is the highest number in the Greek language. These created beings that God had created of angels, there's a whole lot of them, okay? There's tons of them. The, the Lord, uh, uh, if you remember when the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind, and he said, Who is that darkeneth counsel by thy words without knowledge? And let me read this to you. He says, Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee, and thou answer me. Listen, where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? So God's saying, Job, you weren't there when I laid the foundations of the earth. Declare if thou hast understanding. Who laid the measure thereof if thou knowest? Who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the corner of the stone thereof? When the morning stars sang together and the, the sons of God shouted for joy. God is basically, this carries the idea here in this text, that as God was creating the earth, the angels even sang and shouted for joy. Listen, they were created before the earth and before humans. Listen, they shouted for joy when the earth was created. Psalm chapter 8 verse number 4 says this, What is man? 
that thou art mindful of him. And the son of man that thou visited him. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. And hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Talking about our Lord and Savior was made lower than the angels. Angels and humans are not the same. Luke 15 verse number 10 says this. I, likewise, I say unto you, there is in the joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Daniel chapter number 9, there was an angel that showed up named Gabriel. Y'all remember that? Gabriel shows up in Daniel chapter number 9. Uh, in Daniel chapter number nine he appears unto Daniel. 500 years later, in, uh, he, he appears in the book of John to uh, Zacharias, or I'm sorry, in the gospels to Zacharias, who is John the Baptist's dad, same angel 500 years later. Angels are not the same as humans. There is no record, there is no substance, there is no indication at all that humans become angels when they die. Myth number four, and this is one uh, that I want to stop and talk about and just read through something that somebody wrote about this. This, is a, I, this was an interesting one. This made me kind of go, whoa, hold on a second. We got to talk this through. So myth number four is this, that the Christian's home is in heaven. I sing the song, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. And I like that song when I think about it. But I want you to think with me for a second here this morning. When Christians die, we rejoice because they have been called to heaven, right? I mean, we, we believe that. There is truth and comfort into this. But we need to be careful. Listen, when we say that heaven is our home. Listen, heaven is neither our original home and it's not our eternal home. When God created the heavens and the earth, He also created heavenly creatures. Who were they? The angels. And when He created the earth, He created earthly creatures. Who were they? Humans. Okay? Listen, we, we've got to understand this. Heaven is not the home for which we created. Where were Adam and Eve created and left? Were they created in heaven and left there? No, they were created in the Garden of Eden. But here's what happened. Because of the fall, the whole world got messed up. They were created for that, not for heaven. When God created our earthly home, He did not give us second best in anticipation of heaven. He declared in Genesis chapter number 1, and God said, and, and He created, and what, what are the words He says over and over again? And if you go to Genesis 1, He'll say this. And it was what? It was good. Listen, the Eden wasn't second best. It, it became second best in Genesis chapter number 3 when we decided to go our own way and the earth ends up being cursed. The problems we experience are not because the earth is second rate. You know why we experience them? Because of sin and because of the curse. Man, God delights in what he created in this earth. At the point of death, Christians will. To be absent from the Lord is to be present, uh, or to be, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Christians will be at home with Jesus as we await the resurrection. And when the resurrection comes, this is where we forget, when Jesus comes back, he's not coming back to heaven. He's coming to earth to establish his, his throne forever. He's redeeming this God-forsaken, sin-cursed world to a pre-sin state. See, sometimes we grow up, and this is why even our teenagers sometimes don't even want to think about heaven and eternity. We think we're just going to be in some mystical place wearing white robes, singing all the time. We're not going to go to all the verses today. There's actually going to be work in heaven. 
There's going to be some of that rule. There's, a, there's some really cool stuff. And I encourage you, if you're sitting there and your feathers are getting a little ruffled and you're mad because you're not getting your wings, and because you're not going to be where you've always thought, I encourage you to study it a little bit. Because what ends up happening, if we're not careful, we begin to get all our doctrine from songs we've heard our whole lives. Man, we begin to get our doctrine from things we've heard and not from the Bible. We must get it from the Bible. Y'all understand that? Isn't it awesome that he's going to redeem this word, earth? Yes, he's going he's to purify it by fire, but you'll never find where it says it's destroyed. It's purified. Man, he's going to take it and redeem it to the place that it was before sin came into this earth. Sin and the fall of man in Genesis chapter number 3 is what brought, listen, that's what brought these the decaying bodies. That's what brought sickness. Man, that's what brought this, this place that we live in at this point. Myth number five, that there are many ways to heaven. Man, people believe that. Man, there's many ways to heaven. Remember uh, a few years ago, famous show had, a, had a, even a preacher, and they use that term very lo- loosely on there, and talk about how, well, this God, you know, and this, I'm talking about a guy that gets up and would hold his Bible up this morning. They ask him, is Jesus the only way to heaven? And what happens to people that die without him? Well, he danced around, he smiled a whole lot and danced around it. And said, you know, well, if they go this way, you know, there's different journeys, there's different ways, there's this and that. Let me just say as boldly and as kindly as I can this morning. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Doesn't matter what anybody else says. Let God be true and every man a liar. And we don't be mean to people that believe differently than us. We need to share the gospel with them. Is everybody awake in here this morning? Sometimes we can be such jerks about these things. Instead of having true, genuine love and concern. You see what I'm saying? Because here's the truth of the matter. Your living eternity with Jesus has nothing to do with who you are. Somebody better help me preach this morning. It has everything to do with who he is. And we, we can become prideful, even as Christians sometimes. Well, I'm going to heaven. They're going to, they can go to hell. That's the stuff we say. Right? You better remember the only reason you're going there ain't because of who you are, but because of who he is. And we are called to share that grace and to share that love and to share that mercy and to share that story of the gospel with him. There aren't many ways to heaven. Acts, Paul said it this, or Luke said it this way in Acts chapter number 4. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. Mary can't save you. Buddha can't save you. Muhammad can't save you. Listen, there's only one. You say, preacher, why are we talking about that? Because there's people that have been deceived and duped all through this world. Listen, there's Baptists today that believe they're going to heaven because they live better than somebody else. That's a lie out of the pit of hell this morning. Listen, there's people that believe because they do sacraments or they do these good things. Now, there are good things that come because we are believers, but that's not what makes us a believer. Everybody track with me this morning. It's only by His grace this morning, by the blood of the Lamb applied to the mercy seat and to my sin-sick heart this morning. John chapter 14, I love it. We already read it. This is where he ends up. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. My father's house for many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. Man, that place where we'll be before the earth is redeemed. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you into myself. And, and then Thomas, doubting Thomas. And we're hard on the disciples, aren't we? We're, hot, we're hard on these people in Scripture sometimes. But listen, they were messed up and we are messed up. Think about them. And aren't you thankful God uses some messed up people this morning? Peter sat around that fire and he denied Christ, right? Y'all remember? 
three times. And then guess what he preached a short time later? Pentecost. Probably one of the greatest services. He was messed up. Paul, a terrorist. And God redeemed him and used him in a great way. Here we have Thomas, a doubter. And he says, Thomas says to Jesus, Jesus, how can we know the way? And what does Jesus say? Well, if you go to church every week and you pay your tithes and you do good, and you're, you're a nice person. No. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Listen, we, we need to make sure that that's what we're counting on this morning for our salvation. If you're counting on your baptism this morning, you're trusting in the wrong thing. If you're counting on your good works this morning, you're, you're trusting in the wrong thing. Hey, if you're counting on the fact that you don't do all these things and other people do, you're counting on the wrong thing this morning. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And if you've never trusted him, I just want to encourage you, don't leave here today without getting that settled. So, as we look at those five myths, what should we do about that? I mean, that's all kind of cool stuff to think about, and we can even disagree on some of that. You know, you know by the way, you know it's okay for Christians to disagree, we can still get along. <laughs> we don't like that sometimes, do we? we? It's okay for us not to agree, but what should we do in light of this? Because it's good to know that stuff, it's good to maybe think about it, discuss it a little bit. The first thing that I wrote down thinking about this is this, what should we do? Number one is be a good steward of the life that God gave you. Be a good steward of the life that God gave you. Listen, every one of us, life is a gift. Would everybody agree with that? Sometimes it don't feel like one. Somebody help me this morning. But it is a gift. Time is a gift from God. When I'm wasting, and you've heard me say it, when I'm wasting my time, guess what I'm doing? I'm wasting my life. Paul, at the end of his life, in his deathbed, says this to young Timothy. For I'm now ready to be offered Man, he said, he, he, first of all, he says, I'm ready. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also. This is interesting, that love his appearing. You see, some of us aren't going to love his appearing. Because we're not ready. We haven't been faithful stewards and servants. You may be here this morning, you say, Jake, I've wasted a lot of days, and I've wasted a lot of my life. Listen, I have too. Here's the good news about Jesus. Here's the good news about the gospel. His mercies are new every morning. You may have messed up yesterday. You may have messed up last week. You may have messed up last year. If there's still breath in your lungs, you listen to me. You can start today. You can start today. Man, you could be a good servant today. You can't go back and change yesterday, but you know what you can change? You can change today. You may live with regret in the past. You don't have to live with it. Oh, my goodness. You don't have to live with regret in the future. You can decide from this day on. Man, I've had times in my life, y'all, where I've messed up so bad, and I'm thinking to myself, man, God can never use me again. And God, Oh, I'm, I'm here to tell you His grace, we sang it, is enough this morning. Listen, if there's breath in your lungs, I just want to tell you God's ways are the best ways. Maybe, maybe you haven't been heading that direction. You can today. Be a good steward of the time 
that you have. Hey, if you have a loved one, you have a family member that you haven't told, I love you in a long time, maybe it's a good time to pick up that phone and call them and say, I love you. Maybe if there's someone you haven't forgiven and you want to be a good steward of your life, maybe you need to go to that person that you haven't talked to in a long time, that family member, or that, that, that whoever it is, and, and you get that thing nailed down and get it right so you can be a good steward of your life. Maybe you've been wasting your time. Maybe tomorrow you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to redeem the time because the days are evil, and I'm going to live my life from this point on for the Lord. When we start thinking about eternity and these type of things, it reminds us, and you've heard me say this a lot, there's a lot of things that don't matter, but there's some things that do. Live your life for those things that do matter. Be a good steward of life that God's given you. And how about this one? Be a witness. The second thing I wrote down, what should we do in light of eternity? And this is an important one. I want to talk to you about this one for a second. Be a witness of the gospel. Be a witness. As Jesus is getting ready to ascend and he's speaking to his disciples, he says these words, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them, in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Listen, be a witness of the gospel. You know what we're called to do? We're called to be disciples that make other disciples. Okay, We are called to tell people the glorious gospel and to teach them and to train them and to lead them. That's not just the pastor's calling. Y'all understand that. That's your calling if you're saved. Y'all believe that this morning? It's not just my job. It's not just Pastor Colin's job. It's not just Pastor Matt's job. It's every one of us that know Jesus' job to be making disciples. And let me just say, that's the reason. That's the reason that I believe small group is so important. That's the reason I believe Sunday morning is so important. That's the reason I believe Awana is so important for our kids. That's the reason I believe Sunday night is so important. Because that's where, that's where disciples make disciples. We bring them in, listen, we invite people in to sit down around the Word of God so we can grow together and we can learn together. And we can, Is everybody tracking me this morning? That's what we're called to do. And I want to encourage you to think about it. Just think about this question. Who's the last person? I'm not trying to be mean or guilty. I just want you to think. Who's the last person you shared the gospel with? Now, if we were to follow you around at work, maybe. <laughs> that would be awesome. I'm sure there's been some arguments over politics at some point. I'm sure there's been, you know, some of us, we're, we're better witnesses for the, for the Republican Party than we are for the gospel, by the way, if we're not careful. And you know where I stand. I'm so conservative. I'm not a Republican. Somebody help me in here this morning. But some of us are, man, we're really good at getting that message out. And I am too, man. My, don't check your retirement account. You know? Gas is back to almost $3 a gallon, and we're rejoicing over that. Gag a maggot, somebody. I better stop. I'm being a witness of the wrong thing this morning. You see how quickly we can go down that hole? And, and I'm not saying we never should, because there are times we've got to stand up for what's right and stand up for truth. Here's where the problem comes. When we're doing that more than we are the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we're more passionate about the politics than we are the gospel. You don't have to choose either or. You could choose both. Just make sure that one doesn't become an idol in your life. I mean, so what, here's the question. When's the last time you just shared God's grace with somebody, what he's done in your life? I mean, that's, that's like basic Christianity. Well, pastor, I sing in the choir and I do all that. That's cool. I'm thankful. And you should. 
But when's the last time you just told that person that doesn't know Jesus, hey, man, I want to just tell you what God did in my life. You know, I found when I'm a witness to people, you say, well, I don't, I don't, I, everybody, everybody ever listens, nobody ever gets saved. Eventually somebody will. Well, and this is my favorite one. Well, what if they're not elected? The more I find that, the more I nominate, the more get elected. Somebody help me this morning. The more you witness, the more people are going to get saved. If you never witness, and I dare you, I like how, I had one guy say it this way. He goes, well, I just don't like how you do it. I said, well, how do you do it? He goes, I don't. I said, well, I like how I do, I do it wrong better than you do. Don't do it at all. Somebody help me this morning. Man, sharing the gospel. Our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers that die without Christ will spend eternity separated from God. That ought to motivate us this morning. Man, to share gospel to be a witness lastly let me tell you this one so what should i do be a good steward of the life god has given you be a witness and then be encouraged this morning that there is coming a day when everything in this world y'all hear me this morning everything that's wrong in this world is going to be made right man i look forward to that day and right now we lived in a sin cursed world we lived in a messed up world man there's a lot of issues there's a lot of stuff i hate to see happening there's injustices done every day. There's abuse, abuse, and sexual abuse happening all the time. Man, there's stuff that turns our stomach when we turn on the news every single day. Man, there's stuff that makes us weep. Man, there's murder. And there's, man, we could go on and on and on. And incest and crazy stuff that happens in this world. Stuff that's messed up. Stuff that's sorry. Stuff that makes us sick. God is going to make all that's wrong in this world right. Man, that place where there's no more sin. Man, there's no more flesh. There's no more abortion. That's not a political issue. That's a Bible issue this morning. Somebody better say amen this morning. We're going to keep... Listen, there's coming a day. I really believe that. And until that day, we just need to be stewards of the gift of life that God's given us. He even says this, live it and live it more abundantly. And I just say this, there's no life, there's no life more abundant than living it for God. Oh, man. There's nothing more precious than the, the, those teachers that teach the little kids every single week when you see them begin to grow and they begin to trust Christ as their Savior and they begin to get baptized. And then you look back, and we've been in ministry long enough now to look back and see people that you invested in. And you see them living for God. And you see them doing what's right. And you see a life that's changed and salvaged. Something precious about it. Man, there's something awesome about it. I just want to encourage you to invest not just in things in this earth, but things that will outlive us. Man, the souls of men. Man, the encouragement that we can be. Man, to be a good steward of our lives this morning. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. Let's stand to our feet. Matt's going to sing this morning. The altar's open. There'll be some counselors down here at the front. If you need